Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we're back in Indonesia with Makassar Hash. We have a hasher who's been hashing for a couple decades with some breaks in many different places. Today on the podcast, it's Global Screw. Welcome. Hey, Ra. How are you going? Great. Global Screw, tell everybody the origin. When and where and how did you first go hashing? So my very first hash, I was sent over to Vanuatu for work for only a couple of months. While I was there, I did lots of different things. I got my dive card, explored the island, but also attended one hash and only one. Didn't really know what was going on the whole time, but I enjoyed it. And then after that, they sent me to Cyprus and I was in Cyprus for about a year and pretty much straight away, I got introduced to the hash while I was there. When did you land in Cyprus? I got there at the end of 2002. It was around around December, so a little bit chilly. It does get cold in Cyprus. started with the hash. It was, a, it was a cold night. And Cyprus is one of the hashes where they give you your hash name on the very first night. So I hardly knew anyone, and I didn't know what was going on. But, but they gave me my name that first night. And was there any reason? Uh, what they do there is they ask you to tell a joke, sing a song, or do a dance, and based on that, they will give you your hash name. And in my case, I was briefed ahead of time, so I came prepared with a joke, which is what pretty much everyone does. I told the joke like this. What is the difference between a light globe and a pregnant woman? You can unscrew a pregnant woman. So they took those words and played around with a bit and came up with global screw. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Cyprus has more than one hash club. Which city were you in? Which club? Yeah, I was uh, based in Nicosia. So I was with the Nicosia Horrible Hash House Harriers in H4. Where did you go after Nicosia? Uh, so after that, I was in Pakistan. Had two years in Pakistan. I was in Islamabad and we had two hashes there. There was the Islamabad Hash House Harriers, which was a traditional men's Monday rum. The big one was the Margala Hills Hash House Harriers on Saturday afternoons. The men's hash was, uh, yeah, it was pretty quiet. You didn't even run every Monday. It was just maybe once a month we'd get together and uh, probably a lot more focus on the drinking than the running. The uh, Margala Hills was pretty good. I, I got there. We were probably getting 40, 50, 60 people per run when I first arrived. This is in the mid-2000s. It wasn't too dangerous at that stage, although there were some international organizations who were banning their people from running. Uh, mine didn't have that problems. I could run every week and after, I can't remember how long it was, maybe about a year they put me in as the GM. I'm still not entirely sure why they picked me. <laughs> I think because uh, no one else wanted to do the job. But it was a good good fun run, uh, good people, good mix of, of locals and, and expats. As I got to the end of my posting there, it did get a lot more quiet because, uh, again, because of the security situation. And I found out recently that a couple, only a year or so after I left, the whole thing fell apart and there's no longer any hashes in Islamabad, yeah, unfortunately, due to security. What was the role? What was your duties of GM of that hash? Well, I should actually say before I was the GM, I was the, my role was the beer waller because obtaining alcohol in Pakistan is a difficult feat, as you can imagine, being a Muslim majority country where there's lots of rules around that. I would go around, you know, begging wherever I could to get access to beer for the runs, for the circles after the run. But yeah, for the GM role itself, yeah, we didn't really have an RA there either. So I'd run the circle, we'd do the run and I'd find the, find the hairs, 
you know, it's pretty much all the all the normal stuff. But yeah, we had we had some good good fun times. So it was uh, yeah. yeah, had some great great parties with the hatches there. Oh, that's taking a lot of duties, a lot of hashes with having enough interested people where the hair raising is separate and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, doing all that, that's great that you were able to do that. Well, you'd been to a couple clubs and hash for a bit. And what were your circles like? What was your approach to running circles then? I've, I've actually now been GM three times, so in uh, two other places since then. And I'm, honestly, like every every place is different. I mean, all, all hashes who travel know this, that everyone has their own traditions. You kind of take it take it as it is. Pakistan, I think our, our circles weren't, weren't, didn't go too long. We'd, we'd have a few charges each, but generally it would be a completely full beer mug that you would consume uh, if you got a charge. Uh, later on, I was in Vientian. I was GM of the Vientian Hash House areas on a Monday night. And we have lots of beer there. It's, beer is uh, cheap and, and easily available, so right. we'd probably do like a, a half mug there. And we'd try to get a bit creative with the charges. There was, um, we did have an RA there. There was a guy who had come in from Bangkok quite regularly to be our RA, and, and he was super creative. <laughs> He'd just come up with historical situation and uh, get 10 people in the circle each enacting a different role in that situation. Wow. That was uh, AKM, Arjun Kinao, which means drunken teacher in, in Thai. He was a Australian guy who was teaching at a, a college in, in Bangkok. Uh, his wife was in Laos, so he would come up and uh, see us there. Uh, did you have any other stops? So where else have you been? You've listed about four countries already. <laughs> well, I had a 10-year break, actually. So after Pakistan, I didn't hash for 10 years. I did actually have tickets to the Chiang Mai Interhash, but didn't make it to that. Um, I was then posted to Jakarta, but unfortunately didn't come across the hash while I was in Jakarta. I, I should have tried to track them down because I know there's, there's quite a few of them. I had three years living in Micronesia. Yeah, there's no, no hash there, although I've found out listening to your podcast that there is a hash in Guam. We pass through Guam all the time, so I could have met up with them. Yeah, only when I got back to Vientiane then I met up with the, the hash again. I've hashed casually with barley hash previously, but yeah, then I moved to Makassar about two and a half years ago. I got here and again was sort of, uh, there was a completely rigged election, which made me, um, made me the, the hash master here. They don't call it grandmaster. There's a guy who uh, runs a hotel here. He brought all of his staff along to the election night and my thought was, oh, he's brought them all along, so they'll, uh, they'll vote for him. And so he nominated himself, I nominated myself, and we, we got up in front of everyone. And when they, when it came to put your hands up for hot pizza, um, no one put their hands up. And, and when they said global screw, everyone put their hands up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got the job again. Yeah. What's the hash like there? When, how much does it cost, and what's the demographics? Yeah, pretty cheap. It's, you know, probably like three US dollars, I guess, for a run, something like that. And that includes one beer. Yeah, it's an interesting demographic. Everyone here likes to talk about how 20 years ago, the, you know, the hash would have a hundred people on it, mainly expats and a few locals. And, and now we're, you know, we get maybe 15 to 30 people each run. The interesting demographic is that it's almost 100% Indonesian. It's just me and one of the expat on the run. And we actually run the, the circle in Indonesian. Fortunately, I can, I can speak the language, or at least I try to, but um, to cater to the local market, because that's, that's where our growth is. If we want to keep the hash going, we have to get locals on there, which is great. I love that there's uh, that enduring enthusiasm after the, the expats have, have moved on. A lot of the jokes have to be done in, in Indonesian to, to make it work. Yeah, I've got to say it is a challenge to try and be funny and not your own native language. So I try my best. Yeah, and senses of humor are culturally different. Mm, 
Yeah. Jokes, jokes are different. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Have you collected along the way hashed, were there hash t-shirts at all these places? Do you have those? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I've got a pretty decent collection. I mean, some of them have gotten lost or tired over the years, but here I'm, I'm very proud here in Makassar to, to wear my, my Gala Hills Hash House Harriers shirt mm-hmm. and my Nicosia Horrible Hash House Harriers shirts. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I've got a lot of Lao ones from, from BNTN as well. It's a good collection. There's not so many Islamabad ones that you bump into along the, on the <laughs> world circuit. So you have passed through some places that had hashes that you weren't aware of and you missed Chiang Mai. Have you gone to other travel events? Yeah. So when I was in Islamabad, we had uh, one of our hashes multiple entry. He arranged an away run. That was my first travel with the, the hash. Uh, we went to Bangkok, yeah, and ran with the Bangkok Hash House Harriers. Uh, and it was a bit of a shock for us because we were used to running four or five kilometer runs, you know, around the suburbs of leafy Islamabad. Uh, we went to Bangkok and it was out, out of the city along lots of muddy run roads, uh, about 10 kilometers long a to b run ending in a seafood restaurant which was in stilts above the sea so we ended up um as the tide was coming in about chest deep in water trying to get to this restaurant but getting there and having the cold beer and the silly crabs when we got there yeah it was all worth it and uh and a great adventure yeah lots of fun and besides that yeah it's really only actually been the indo china mekong hash uh which is sometimes referred to the other way around bntn hosted that in 2017 and i had actually finished my posting but but came back just to help out with the organization and at one point i was actually lifted to be a hare four days in a row for the four days of the event and that had to back out of uh some of those because that's uh yeah that was just a little bit too much but yeah red dress run at the front of it the main main run on saturday afternoon recovery run on sunday which was which was a lot of fun and then we had the regular hash on, on Monday afternoon as well for the fourth one, which wasn't officially part of the run, but lots of people stuck around for that. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So we had, uh, yeah, Num Nuts was the guy from our club. He was the main guy behind that. He brought it all together and did a great job. Cool. Uh, into, into China hash is often a favorite of people. Any names come to mind? International hashers that may have come from around the world to, visit Vientiane or the Indo, the Mekong hash that you made it to? Yeah, we would always get uh, Bimbo all the time turning up in uh, in Vientiane, so he was, he was good fun. My actual very first run in, in Vientiane, uh, this, is a, this is a name that you'll know, was, was the very last run of uh, Johnny Condom Johnson. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually only met him that, that one time and it was a, he wasn't on the run because he wasn't well enough to, to run at that page, that stage, but it was known that, yeah, he was on the way out. So they arranged to have a run from his house. We ended up at his house and, you know, had the circle there. He came out into the circle and, and had a drink with us, uh, uh, in his wheelchair and, and that was his very last run. He's, uh, very well known hasher. So I was very happy to be able to attend that one. It was really touching to see the hashes all coming together to say goodbye to him, and uh, and I think he really appreciated it as well. Oh, it was a really nice event. Yeah, that's nice to hear. I didn't know about that last run for Johnny. That's great. Mm-hmm. What is it about hashing that resonated with you and makes it? You're an organizer. You're in mismanagement, but you obviously like the running and the trails. But what is it about hashing that makes it for you? Yeah. When you turn up in a new city and you don't know anyone, a hash is just a fantastic place to meet people. And you're kind of immediately 
LinkedIn with a whole bunch of people who know the city. They they know other people. Almost any question that you need answered about the place, they'll they'll know the answer. And it's not someone trying to sell you something. It's you know people who know the right answers, and they'll they'll help out. You know, hashes hashes always look after each other, which is really nice. Besides that, it's getting out and seeing the city as well. You get to see parts of the cities that you would never never otherwise get to see. Uh, meet people from different different circles. So with my work, I tend to get involved with a certain type of people in the local community, and and that's very different from the type of people I meet on the hash. So I really appreciate being able to broaden out uh, my my social circles, and just the yeah the the fun loving attitude that that hashes have. You can turn up and be anyone, and and they'll they'll welcome you and be happy to talk to you, and you can always just have a have a nice chat with someone, even if you're passing through, even if you're long term. It's it's really Really nice. But yeah, and then there's the running and the beer, and I like all of that stuff too. So <laughs> yeah, really enjoy the hash. Have any of the clubs that you've been on, were they child friendly? Did people bring their kids to any of these? Yeah, this, I mean, that's a good question. That's, that's kind of one of the things I thought about uh, talking about when you invited me to be on the, the podcast. It's, it's definitely been a, it's something that's a bit of a challenge for a few, few clubs, I think, and that it certainly happened here in Makassar and, and in Islamabad as well, where the, the numbers of hashes go down and so the clubs kind of consolidate and it means that family hashes end up coming in with non-family hashes and there, there, there's a bit of a, a, like a bit of a tension there because people want to, you know, make the rude jokes, sing the dirty songs, give people, you know, some pretty crude hash names. Uh, but then you have kids there as well. So, uh, it gets a little bit difficult. Or, you know, it's it's about how far you can go with the, the jokes. You know, is it a, a pretty mild double entendre or are you going right off the, the edge? So I, was, I think it was easier in the old days. People people told me here in Makassar there was you know, there used to be two two hashes, distinct hashes, ah. which... Um, which rolled into one. One of them was very much the family hash, and the other one was very much the for the singles and the and the childless couples. And that one was yeah, all a bit more ribald and, and wild than the other one. And now we're all in together. So as as hashmaster in the middle of all of that, I kind of have to yeah, I do I do worry about how far can I go? Do I go too far? Do I not go far enough? It's, it's wow. kind of sometimes it's a challenge to keep everyone happy in that in that kind of situation. You've seen hashes crash because of the sum of the off the beaten path or higher security concerned places. What do you think is the future of hashing as travel comes back and expats and perhaps companies will be sending back people back into the field more? But what do you think is the future of hashing with Internet, cameras, all this stuff changing? Yeah. Well, our hash certainly has a lot of cameras on it, and we uh, yeah, we post on Instagram every week, but they tend to be the the more sensitive photos, nothing, yeah, family friendly photos, let's say. It's it is something I worry about. I, I really enjoy the hash, and I do uh, I do get concerned. You know, when I turned up in Islamabad, I was pretty much the youngest hasher in the group, and then I, as I said, I took a ten year break, turned up in Vientiane ten years later. And I was still the youngest person in the group, which shows ah. that they're not really recruiting new young people. I, I'm a kind of of the generation that is interested in this, but I guess younger generations have got other things to keep them entertained or, or interested. I mean, I think the, the house kind of needs to sell itself a bit more. I mean, I think the I've been listening to your podcast and, and reading some of the stuff on posted on the Facebook groups about about some of these questions, you know. 
and I've, I have taken to heart this idea of well, let's uh, let's focus on the trail first. Let's make that interesting and uh, and you know make make it a good run that people enjoy themselves. And you know the circle afterwards, it's a it's a nice fun thing to do, but it's not necessarily the end all be all of that hash as well. So running a you know tight quick circle can be fun, uh, but if the crowd's running it, loving it, you can run it longer and you know keep it for an hour or so. But if you're doing it to the extent where it's turning people off or giving people a someone a hash name that's just so rude that they never want to come again people running the hashes kind of have to think about what incentivizes people to come do we want to expand our group i think too big can be a problem too yeah, it can be a challenge to to run a hash when you've got maybe more than 50 people certainly for me with my voice isn't that loud so you know i can't can't really control the circle if it's that big but, yeah. but if it's uh you know if we're getting 20 or 30 regular hashes every week and another dozen or so popping in popping out then that, that's a perfect number for me. And I, I hope it can just keep going along those lines into the yeah. future. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective and analysis that focusing on trail, just some tradition, not just the just the entertainment thing as being the focus, does sound like the thing that promises to bring people in for an activity they want to keep doing. Yeah, that's a good analysis. Yeah, yeah. And we, we've got one guy on our, our hash who's in his 70s now, and he's he's run right from the start. I mean, out here in Makassar, our hash is 40 years old last year. Um, and, yeah, Deep Passion started in, in 1980 and has run pretty much since then. And he's the, yeah, he's the stalwart. And if you've got people like that, then that, that really helps the, the hash. It helps it keep going. Nice. Have you had any run-ins with the officials or gotten hurt on trail? Have you had any misadventures? Yeah, I got uh, I got appendicitis after a run once. That was that was fun. I had to get medivac from BNTN to Bangkok to I mean, well, it wasn't really medivac. I, I walked on the plane myself and walked off at the other end. But yeah, that was fun. In Pakistan, once we um, yeah stumbled across an unmarked military area, so half the pack had already passed, uh, and the other half got turned back and couldn't complete the run. Um, there was a story in Bientian, which is before my time, that, yeah, a, a similar thing, the, the trail ran through an unmarked military area. One of the hashes, like a local guy, was picked up by the local police and basically no one knew where he was but for four days. Um Eventually, it got released. And since then, the Vientian hash has a big focus on keeping the pack together um, that we don't leave anyone behind. Um, and that, that guy still runs. Um, ha, ha Penis is, is his name. He, um, yeah, he, he still turns up. He didn't, uh, give, didn't give up the hash, even though he gave up four days of his liberty. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the question, poor guy. I wonder... That that might be extreme end of a unique experience on the hash. Uh, other people, mm. I've, been, I've been detained by the army if setting trail in, in the now Delta and so on. But wow, that's intense. Yeah. Are you going to likely move on to other places at some point in your career beyond where you are now? And will hashing play a role in deciding where you go or? <laughs> Well, my um, yeah, my career is a little. I have a little less control over where I get to go, but yeah, I mean, I really hope to get posted again in future to places that that have good hashes. But to be honest, I mean, I'm I'm from Australia and I've I've never hashed in Australia, so um, if and when this this overseas joint dries up, um, there's still plenty of green fields out there for me to explore back back home. Yeah, white powder scare. We ah, I mean, yeah, I mean, in Cyprus we 
we just knew with white powder scares not not to go anywhere near the U.S. embassy. That was that was rule number one. So because um, we yeah we used flour there, but but uh, most other places we we used shredded paper. So been pretty good. How did the red dress run go over? That's kind of a culture assault sometimes on local populations. <laughs> yeah, in the NTM, yeah, the, the red dress run, yeah, set that trail with with Harry back. Went over pretty well. I think the the locals in in Vientiane they uh, they love a good laugh. I think they found the whole thing pretty either amusing or amusing. But no, uh, yeah, there was nothing nothing negative there. The trail ended on uh, on a boat on the Mekong River. Like there was just more there, but plenty of plenty of cold beers on the on the boat and a great party. So it was yeah, it was really good to do that run, raise some money. The money was victims of uh, cluster munitions, which were left over from the Vietnam War. There's a lot of those left over in, in Laos. So it was really great to raise money for the victims yeah. of those munitions. Yeah. You mentioned that the circle in Makassar is in the local language, Indonesian. What about the songs? Hash songs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, and a lot of my other hashes, we've definitely sung a range and variety of songs which have been great here in in Makassar it really just tends to be here's to him and that's it I I have been trying to introduce new songs in there but the the challenging part is is the language barrier where almost all the hash songs are in in English so yeah a lot of people won't get the joke uh, or if they do yeah they don't necessarily know it or even quite often uh, the hash songs themselves, if you know the tune, the tune will be maybe based off a uh, a Christmas carol, but they they don't really do Christmas here, so <laughs> it's hard to yeah. you can't get the song going. But yeah, I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying. Yeah, the whole circle's in Indonesian, and then the, the down down song is the English version. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's great. Are there any traditional custom awards every week? Is there anything you do every week that's uh this is what the Makassar hash gimmick is or anything yeah um, i don't think any of them are particularly unique but you know it was a challenge for me there was no hash master here when i arrived when they inaugurated me so i kind of didn't really understand how the circles were traditionally run i would bring in some stuff which is like people like fresh things but then people would say oh well like returnees for example uh, I would bring in someone if they had missed one week. And then they told me after a while, well, actually, here we do it. If they've been away for like maybe a month or so, that's when they consider a returning. One week is not a returning, which is different from the other one. So I've, I've been learning about that stuff. What I have been trying to do, I, I, I mean, I try and mix it up to, to keep it interesting. So, and I, and I don't, I don't even know if this is, um, something that goes a little bit bit more beyond and you might have even seen on the the facebook group i actually started a poll that you know what are some good charges to do in the circle right which was the idea was there i was trying to get some you know get some inspiration for the circles that i do here to keep it interesting there's one good one in there which was the ottoman siege of vienna uh, which i tried a few weeks ago and no one understood what it meant because it doesn't mean anything Um, (laughs) but what i have been trying to do is uh a few different things like i mean i think in north america you've got this game never have i ever right like where right. you know, everyone yeah. takes a sip of their drink if they've never done something. So that's that's not really known here. So I did that in a circle once. That went down pretty well. I've done opposite day. Everyone gets the opposite charge. So the, the, the person who came in last gets the charge for front-running bastard, for example. It's kind of a fun way to to keep it interesting. Yeah. yeah that's, that was pretty funny. 
just trying different things to, to mix, mix it up and keep it fresh and, you know, keep people interested. So it's not just the same same seven charges every week all the time. That's very great to learn about this hash. I've never been to that region of Indonesia. It's very cool. Indonesia has moved up the list to be my favorite Asian country now. Yeah, yeah one cool. thing that happened, Gilly, I took a free diving course. And I'm too old to do this stuff. So I ended up getting blocked vein in my eye about six months later from the repeated up and going down 15 meters up and yeah. down with a private instructor. <laughs> I had to get hypodermic shots in my eyeball to fix it. No, but I thought, well, that's almost the better part of the story. More people are impressed <laughs> by getting an eyeball shot than they are, but that I learned to free dive 15 meters. <laughs> I bet. You have an interesting story in that you've been hung out there sort of by yourself to and put in charge, even yeah. with early on as you arrive everywhere. That seems to suit your personality in terms of integrating with where you are. But is the RA always right? Well, Ra, that's you, isn't it? Uh, there's, a, there's a coincidence there, but Ra is actually an Egyptian <laughs> god name. It just happens to be a hash initial, too. Well, the Egyptian god Ra is always right. <laughs> I want to thank Global Screw for coming on the podcast today from Indonesia. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, hasher stories, hasher history. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On, this is Ra. To close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, child, coming for to